this Tuesday morning. Toby and TJ back with you. Talking South Carolina football today. It is our great pleasure to welcome in now Langston Moore, former Gamecock, spent several years in the NFL, now a part of the South Carolina broadcast team. I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Langston, former teammate of Teddy Lehman in Detroit. Is that accurate? Did you play with Teddy up there? Absolutely, and, and you know Teddy, just like the rest of us that played during that uh, infamous zero and sixteen era, <laughs> we did it before the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we like the, it's like cousin it. We just keep those <laughs> things quiet. We don't talk about those things. But every few years, we'll see each other in the airport. We'll be like, oh yeah, that's right. We did go over in the NFL, but we did get paid. But yes, we did. I did play with Le- Teddy and a bunch of good uh, Oklahoma guys. So you know, sure. you know, Teddy hosts the afternoon drive show on this station. Yep. And yep. is uh, my color analyst on the OU radio broadcast. What do you remember uh, about Teddy and his playing days at Detroit? What's your takeaway? Well, again, there was a lot of frustration because a lot of losing. You know, uh, shout out Dan Orlovsky running out the back of the end zone in Minnesota. <laughs> but uh, I just remember, of course, you know, it's always interesting, you know, playing in the NFL because you grow up, you see all these guys, you see different guys. Of course, Oklahoma, Teddy had a bunch of different plays. So meeting him and then it's like, Teddy, we need you to do some of that Oklahoma stuff you was doing back against Texas, and now in the NFL you're not doing it. What's the problem? But that was pretty much everybody. It didn't, it didn't matter who was on the Detroit Lions team during that time. But uh, yeah. Teddy, just like most of the Oklahoma guys, man, they came in there and they, they played at a high level and pushed the rest of us. Well, we're very much looking forward to the reunion next year when uh, South Carolina comes to Norman year one in the SEC for the Sooners. But we got a whole year of football before that. And I got to think there's uh, – a lot of momentum, positive vibes in Columbia right now after what Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler and the guys did last year. Absolutely. Um, and, and there's nothing, uh, as Lou Holtz used to say, you, you spell fun, W-I-N. And it was fun for us in the beginning of the season. Then we kind of you know, hit a lull in the middle where um, you know, we went out there, dropped one against Missouri. We've been trying to get that right since you know, they came into the conference trying to make sure we, we put our foot on their neck. And it seems like it's been the opposite Obviously, we had a losing streak with Kentucky that we kind of figured out a way to to get up there and beat them when we shouldn't beat them when it when we should beat them when it isn't basketball season. But uh, you know, luckily towards the end, we got those two big victories against uh, Tennessee and Florida because the week before uh, Tennessee and Clemson, I'm sorry, the week before against Florida, it would look like uh, oh man, we might be uh, need to be you know penciling some different things in as far as, as pinning these things in, but. Uh, that's the thing with Shane. Shane has really got these players really going, really galvanized, and got them pulling in the, in the right in the right direction. And obviously, I could have never guessed. And much like any Gamecock fan, again, I've been born, bred, and raised in South Carolina, so I can kind of bleed garnet and black all the way through. But 
if you told me the week before when we played Florida and they hung up, you know, almost 40 points at us, they, I mean, the final score was 38 to six, but it felt like 40 points in the first half when we got shut out. Uh, us coming out the next week against Tennessee and putting up 63 and, and following up, following that up the next week against Clemson, our rival, when we got shut out the year before, beating them 31 to 30. That was a big, big deal for us, and I think a lot of the players and a lot of the kids on the teams have obviously bought in, and that was a big representative of that. And one of the biggest things, obviously, was Spencer Rattler coming around and all, all those things clicking, Marcus Satterfield, our offensive coordinator, our previous offensive coordinator, all of those things clicking uh, right at the right time for us, and you can't do it no better time than what we used to coin the old orange crush, uh, Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. We got two out of those three last year. Well, I want to ask you about Spencer in a second, but uh, Shane Beamer first. In your opinion, what has he done right? What, what has been the secret to his success here early at South Carolina? Uh, I, I hate to, you know, because I spend time in this classroom and I, and I teach kids and I ask them a question. They say everything. And when you say everything, it means nothing. But I really have to kind of say everything because we knew Shane was going to be a great recruiter. Uh, we knew Shane kind of had that, that want to, to be in South Carolina, which was a big thing because here in Carolina country, we always kind of feel like, South Carolina is a great job, great geography. Obviously, we play in the SEC, but always felt like it was a stepping stone uh, for somebody else's job, and Shane really wanted to be here. So getting that buy-in, understanding the recruiting ins and outs, Shane was on those staffs when we had some of the best recruiting years ever, the the Jadavion Clowney years, the Devontae Holloman years, uh, obviously the Gilmore years. And so he was instrumental in, in recruiting and coordinating a lot of that uh, you know, just on top of just the recruiting prowess, but also making sure that he's getting guys in the building. And it's kind of a, like a trite thing you hear. Oh, we got to get got to get guys and, you know, that that uh, follow our culture and all these different things. But with the with the transfer portal, I think Shane has been very judicious about trying to make sure he picks the certain right guys. Obviously, we we try to dip into Oklahoma for the last couple of years since Shane has been there to try to get some of these transfers over to us. But uh, getting culture, getting the right guys, getting the coaches, getting the teachers, trying to uh, solidify the staff. You know, I've been – that was one of the things with Coach Spurrier towards the end of his tenure there was that, you know, yeah, we had a head ball coach, but, uh, you know, a lot of these young guys want security. And when they look over there and see a guy who's, you know, this is his second tenure, his second stop in the SEC, he doesn't have too many more days. And so kids always want to know what's going to be down the road. And I think Shane has done a great job of obviously coming in there, building the fence, putting his roots down and really showing kids that I'm going to be here for a long time and come and build this thing with us. And we're going to have a good time because you can also see he does a lot of the Ted Lasso kind of things. The videos are great. Oh, phenomenal. Justin King, shout out to our our media team, Justin King and and, uh, Shane Beamer. Because, again, I'm going to just tell you, it's tough for uh, a media guy sometimes. I mean, you don't see Nick Saban out there doing this crazy stuff. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, Brent is not out there doing a lot of this. I mean, he'll give you some of this stuff, but, like, uh, for the most part, Shane is a very, very uh, easygoing guy, and he's also a guy uh, that can lay the hammer down being a former coach's son, but he also enjoys and understands, you know, doing the video montages. He just put out a great one, him and Justin King, with the with the old Sopranos stuff. So I don't think any of the young kids follow Sopranos and Tony Tony Soprano as much as I do, but it was it was definitely made for us older guys and got us real excited for the season coming up. I like the one, TJ. Have you seen the one? It's like an office spinoff. Where uh, the guys are all out in the street racing with the speed detector. On them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Beamer runs when a car goes by. It says he went 31, and it's it's fantastic. I don't know. There's not too many guys that have a more interesting, you know, OU career history than Spencer Rattler had here. But it feels to me like most OU fans. Maybe I'm wrong about this. 
most OU fans have gone from wanting him replaced here to now rooting for him at South Carolina. And um, and he's he's obviously had success there. What's been your opinion of how he's played and then Spencer, the, the young man, dealing with him? Well, well, Spencer, the young man, and again, hats off to him because, you know, I'm, I'm a 42-year-old kid myself, and I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate the world. And Spencer, just with so much kudos, so much, um, you know, attention put on him coming out of high school, being a teenage kid, you know, a lot of folks said, oh, you're going to be a Heisman kid and da, 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 all these different things. Uh, and, and, again, good, bad, or indifferent, Spencer has done, I, I think, a, a really mature job of handling a lot of that. You know, again, because sports is going to be sports, but how you handle a lot of these things. And, you know, you we understand living in uh, the culture where a lot of different media outlets, a lot of different voices, a lot of different chatter. Uh, some guys can buy into that, and some guys can, you know, use that as fuel and fodder. I think the biggest thing that, obviously Spencer did when he came in there was that he brought all the physical talent, but he also brought uh, the, the, the preparation. Uh, that was one of the big things that Shane talked about last spring when Spencer came into uh, to the locker room uh, last year in South Carolina was to really galvanize everybody, get everybody. Cause of course, yeah. Oh yeah. This guy's transferring in, but you know, you got to show me. And that's what the, the stance, I think that, that Spencer came in there. He, he showed guys with his preparation. He showed guys with obviously with trust. And one of the first things me and my uh, couple of my old, you know, Gamecock buddies said to ourselves when we were standing out there watching them, you know, play in the preseason last year was, man, it seems like everybody's just kind of a step faster. And that's the great thing when you have a guy like a Spencer come in that obviously there's a whole bunch of talent, but, you know, I want to be there so I can get that anticipation throw. I want to be there so I can, you know, run underneath the ball and not have to have the catch up to it. And, and we saw a lot of that kind of, you know, kind of, stumble in certain parts of the beginning of the year. I think I'm thinking about the Arkansas game, how different that game would have been for us if we play that towards the back end, because again, it really clicked for our team after getting our forehead kind of kicked in down at Florida, everything kind of, and I think a lot of that had to do with Spencer, obviously his maturity, him, you know, being out there with OU, you guys, and last year, I think that was 2021 where you came out with Texas and, you know, all these different things. He eventually, figured out a way to pull it out in overtime after being benched and all those different mm-hmm. things. So that says a lot to me, and that's one of the biggest things. There's a lot of guys who can swing the football and look good in the uniform, uh, but it's always about the panache and, and, and the, the leadership ability. And I think Spencer has really exuded that, and a lot of guys have bought in. And as you know, just like with the NFL or anywhere, you know, even Takes Creek High School or whatever it is, some little made-up high school, you got to have a quarterback and a leader. And once you really got that, that's one of the big parts for uh, any football team, and I think that's why we're really excited for this season as well. Visiting for a couple of more minutes with Langston Moore, uh, talking South Carolina football. Uh, he's a part of the Gamecock Radio Network. Uh, this year's team, what do you see as its strengths? What are you worried about? Well, I can tell you right now, as a former defensive lineman, I'm worried about stopping a run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we lost Jordan Birch, who was a five-star guy, a local kind of homegrown guy. Uh, when I say we lost and we didn't lose him to the NFL, we know exactly where he's at. He went out to Oregon with all their NIL and Nike money. And, and again, nobody knocking anybody for I'm always pro player, always about guys getting paid. We lost some different guys to uh, Zach Pickens. We lost him to the NFL, uh, you know, so congratulations to him. But that doesn't bode well for us for what's left. So we had a, you know, we had a whole bunch of guys coming this year. We, you know, last year on, uh, as a total team, we always finished, we have finished in the turnover bat- battle last, meaning we gave over a whole bunch and we hadn't got a whole bunch. So for me, I think it all starts with our defensive front. We're trying to figure out some different guys to get up in there to replace uh, Zach Pickens, uh, you know, some young kids coming in, Elijah da- Davis, who was uh, one of the consensus kind of overall 
uh, Juco College defensive tackles coming out. So it was really fortunate for us to get him and to keep him. T.J. Sanders, a bunch of really young kids, Brian Thomas, who, you know, you see a kid like Brian Thomas show flashes in the spring game. He's just out there looking like Dwight Freeney, and I've seen that myself. I've been kind of a spring guy. <laughs> you know, oh, man, he looks like he's going to be an All-American in the first week. You're like, where did this guy disappear to? But a lot of these guys have been kind of brimming and priming to, to get out there. The only scary thing being an old former defensive line guy is you really don't know what you're going to get till the bullets start flying. You hear those old cliches. Because, again, there are no preseason games when it comes to college football. So I think for us, uh, the thing that scares us the most is making sure that we can eliminate a lot of these turnovers, making sure we get guys going on the defensive line, not just uh, getting after the quarterback but stopping the run. And I think our biggest strength this year is obviously going to be that guy, Spencer. Spencer Rattler, uh, Juice Wells, Juju, Juju Smith, a lot of the guys we got coming back uh, on offense is really the things that really got us excited. And, of course, Trey Knox getting him transferred in. Uh, it seems like over the last few years we've got a whole bunch of tight ends coming to the South Carolina system. And that bodes well because – you got to get some of those dynamic pieces, those guys who can create matches, mismatches for you out there in the open field and take advantage of it. So, again, uh, I think that's going to be the, one of the biggest things is figuring out how we can get the ball out of our, uh, the opposing offense's hands as many times as possible and keep it in the hands of Spencer in our offense. Final question, Langston. We'll get you out of here. Boy, what a interesting, weird schedule for South Carolina this year. You, you finish with four straight home games, brutal road games at Georgia and A&M and Tennessee. But it just feels like that one right out of the gate could be the tone setter for you guys. Yeah, and it's really uh, reminiscent. Uh, I mean, I hate to go back and drop that dirty N-word on his radio. Much champ. <laughs> when, when we got much champ out of here, when it, well, he got himself up out of here. That was one of the biggest games, and that's always kind of our big deal out there between Carolina and North Carolina, uh, being able to go up into Charlotte. That's a really great venue. But we also know that uh, the North Carolina team is going to come in here. Brimming Mac Brown is going to have that team ready to go. Uh, he's got a great staff up there. They're doing a phenomenal job of trying to keep in-state talent in North Carolina and poach some of our talent. Uh, and we've been trying to do the same thing. So it's just kind of building up to be kind of like a border bash. And, you know, we can't beat those guys enough. Uh, the last time we, you know, we always make fun out here in, in the Carolinas that, you know, we got all the food bowls, the Outback bowls, the mayonnaise bowls. We got those handled. So last time we played North Carolina, we – we put together a really great game plan, and I know for sure uh, North Carolina is going to come out and give us their best shot because this is a really important year for them, as it is for us. But to start the season off uh, out there in uh, the Panther Stadium against North Carolina, it's going to be a huge game for us, for sure, a tone setter. Langston, great stuff. Can't wait to hopefully see you next year here in Norman. Can't wait to uh, play in Williams-Brice Stadium for the first time somewhere on down the line. This is going to be a lot of fun, but have a great season. If you ever have any dirt on Ted, please send it our way. We'd appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely, man. Y'all be well. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, sir. Langston Moore, Gamecock Radio Network, former Gamecock, great former Detroit Lion alongside Theodore. Break time, South Carolina at 24. My final segment of the day next. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. R.K. Blab brings you this hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. They can help you with your office technology situations if you need uh, network solutions, fax, printer, copier, scanner. They can do it all for your small and medium-sized business right here in Oklahoma or if you're up there listening on the KREF app in Kansas, they can help you as well. 405-943-9800 or rkblack.com. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 
That Schnellenberger trophy probably had a gin bottle stuck in the boot. <laughs> Big Bad Wolf is just grossed out that there actually was a foot in that boot since they used the actual boot. You think they disinfected them first before they bronzed them? <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, in Arkansas, First Cousins. That goes back to the uh, engagement story. Uh, same question every Arkansas ask every uh, Fourth of July gathering. How far out? Okay. So. All right. All right. <laughs> well, shots at Arkansas. It is a good question, though, in that guy's situation. Sometimes you don't even know you're in, in his situation. Your third, fourth, however far down you want to go. I don't know. Do you know your third and fourth cousins? Some of them, yeah. 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 I don't know, know how far removed Chad is. We just refer to each other as cousins, but we're removed like that. But how are you related? He is, so his dad is my dad's uncle, so they're cousins, so we're second cousins, right? No, they're uncle and nephew. No, my dad and Chad are cousins. Oh, okay. Your dad and Chad are cousins. Right. So your cousins once removed. Once removed, yeah. Or second cousins. Second cousins. I don't know. But what I'm saying is we... Yeah, I know guys you, like that in my family that are second If you're and third asking cousins. me if you should marry Chad, probably not. <laughs> we, we would not make it. Probably shouldn't. We do would that. not make it. What are you doing? Watching the Cardinals again? <laughs> what a, what a, Can you not pick up after yourself? What a grumpy old couple you'd be. <laughs> We're a grumpy old couple anyway. We're not even married. Uh, baseball Ross says thanks for the good uh, baseball news. Great to get high level pitching potential. On the Marion cousin thing, first or second cousin? Ooh, it's from Baseball Ross. So Baseball Ross is saying third cousin. Fine, you're safe. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I think it's going to be fascinating to, um, you know, to see how it all plays out. And I think you would probably want to be a little bit patient early in the year next year, pitching wise. I'm talking about with OU baseball because there's so much. And you got some guys coming back that were really good pitchers for him last year. You know, Will Carston, Jamie Hitt, Carson Atwood. And you've got so many new guys. You got the Twins coming from Florida. You got the Texas Tech guy. You got some big time lefties, a couple of Wichita State guys. This guy from Missouri State. The freshman that signed with him, Teej, that turned down the draft. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. So many guys that figuring out who deserves to be in the rotation. Who's your midweek guy? Who's your back end of the ball? All that kind of stuff. It's not going to click right away. It never does. But extra patience might be needed this year until they kind of figure all that out. But, man, you've got – he's got some big-time options for weekend rotation. Well, it also uh, pushes all the guys that are returning that may have thought they were in a comfortable role yeah. and said, I think I'm going to slot myself in here. This is probably where I see myself. Mm-hmm. And now they see there's guys coming in that are going to compete for them for, for innings and – and for what they may have seen their role as. so Competition's never a bad thing. No, I was talking no. to one of the OU football coaches on Saturday at the clinic, and, and I won't tell you what coach and what position, but they had a, they've had a new guy, a, a transfer portal guy, come in at their position who I guess is a workaholic, okay? Just he is in uh, the building constantly. He can't get enough reps. He, he's telling Schmitty, give me more. Like he is an animal. And it has caused, according to this coach, everybody else at the position to say, 
I'm going to get embarrassed if I don't take it up a notch because this guy won't quit. And so it's increased, you know, the level of practice play for the entire position. Same thing applies here. I mean, there's there's going to be big-time competition to be starting pitcher next year at OU, which can only help everybody. <laughs> Did I say something to amuse you? Literally turned on the radio, and I hear Toby say that you should marry me. I'm going to need some context. That's messed up. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said you shouldn't marry Chad. <laughs> right. We were talking distant cousins, Chad, and uh, your name got brought up. So uh, <laughs> calm down. See, I can't even be married to this Chad, guy for one minute. Just to clarify, you shouldn't marry TJ. <laughs> Gunny says, you know who listens via the ref app? This guy. Thank you, Gunny. Everybody should have the app out there worldwide. It's the hottest thing going. With this uh, X, is I that thought, what they I call thought it? your temperature on the new clock here was the hottest it thing going. It says 115 now. <laughs> it does not say 115. Come here. <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold Come on, here. People. Put your headset down. Come in here. When I came in today, the outside temperature on my inside thermometer said 75 degrees. It now says 115 degrees outside. <laughs> See? Actually, 115.3. Where do we have that temperature gauge, man? Is it I, on I, the sun? I would assume that that's just hooked to Wi-Fi and it's just getting, but I don't know what the reading is on that. If that is accurate, you are not going to play golf today. I won't allow I it. I will spontaneously combust. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to handle that. So, yes, get the ref app, just like Gunny. Everybody get the ref app. Uh, Robin Moore says, I listen on the app every single day when I'm in Oklahoma. It's great, and it's just playing in the background. Why when you're you in Oklahoma? You don't even have to turn it off. Why not everywhere? Well, I think he just means like he's even in Oklahoma. He just oh. uses the app. So, Yeah. yeah. Even if you are in Norman or Oklahoma City or Tulsa and you have the ability to listen to one of our great radio stations, and you should, you should always have the app as a backup because you never know. You're traveling, whatever. This says uh, Big Head. Hmm? This is a picture of someone with a big head? Hmm. Hmm. No, no, no. Those guys have small heads that he sent a picture of. It's Reds players. Mm-hmm. It's probably the guys that maybe you drives drafted this year, I would guess, maybe? I don't know. Who is that? I don't know. I'm uh, ready to move on to the next text message. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Give me TV. Give me BV versus Tebow slam ball matchup. Think that meant, they meant to say T Row? No, I think or the T, Tim Tebow. T, no, Tebow is the nickname for Lincoln Riley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I like Brent's chances in that. Um. Oh yeah, in a slam ball matchup, without yep. a doubt. It, pretty much any athletic competition other than throwing a football, I like Brent's chances. Even uh, grilling competitions, I like Brent's well, comp- uh, this. Uh, yeah, that's this not, chances, a, yeah. not a contest. Uh, the trampoline basketball was on Spike TV back in the day. All right. That's true. Thank you that's for that. That's true. Programming. Yeah, last one I'll give you here. Sean on the app. Fly, <laughs> flight uh, 1635 St. Louis to Columbus. Huh. He's listening to us in uh, oh, 30,000 feet. There you go. On the feet. app. There you go. Yeah. I've done that before. I've been on a trip somewhere and dialed up Teddy and Tyler in the afternoon or something. How like do you that get your Scott? internet to work? You pay for it, you fancy flyer. No, there's a lot of free Wi Fi. Free Wi Fi never works. I can't get it to hey, work. Man, it's, a, it's a mess. Listen, I don't know how you think we travel at the University of Oklahoma, but we take care of our athletes, TJ. All right? And that includes sometimes free Wi Fi in the sky. Woof. 
Sometimes. <laughs> you are so big time. Sometimes. Not always. Uh, only Teddy and Gabe get to enjoy that, however, in the fall because the rest of us are traveling by uh, car. So. <laughs> you have uh, then your phone service in the car, so you're good with the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We listen to the ref everywhere we go. Okay, uh, I'm out. Uh, gonna go uh, play some golf. Enjoy your golf. Thank you very much. And uh, TJ's going to safely land this airplane. I'll be back with you folks tomorrow when we unveil team number 23. Go Reds. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Welcome back. T-Row in the morning show, minus T-Row. He is off to play golf in a 115.3 degree temperature, according to the uh, thermometer in the uh, studio. Plenty of water. Keep yourself hydrated, Toby. That is dangerous temperatures to be playing golf in. So Toby will return tomorrow when he's not playing golf. Jeez, what a diva. Uh, we still have some uh, text to get to here on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, Dylan says, Ah, no, that soft weasel rattler, pass. <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm in the majority of OU fans. There are going to be those like you, Dylan, that say, No, I'll pass. He's a weasel. Um... Uh, I think, well, I didn't say anything to you, watch. Turn off. Turn off. Um, I think a lot of people, just seeing what he went through that season and then the fan base turning on them the way they did, that was a tough situation. He got humbled. Like, there's no doubt. Sean was right when he texted the show earlier and he said when he was making that Netflix show, he did not envision this, and he did not. He did not. He thought he was going to come in here for three years. He was going to probably be in New York two of those years, maybe capture a Heisman, go off, be a top-five draft pick, earn millions of dollars in a signing bonus, and be one of the uh, top guys in the NFL. It did not work out for him that way, and I think he's been humbled uh, to a certain point that you know I find myself rooting for him now. So... I can still see some of you out there, like Dylan, say, no, pass. Because uh, he was a little arrogant. He was a little cocky and uh, carried himself and conducted himself in a certain way, especially early on. Um, But I I, I think that that's changed a little bit. I think, like I said, he's been humbled a little bit. So I'll, I'll be pulling for him this year. I hope that he does well. I don't think he does well enough that he's ever a first round draft pick again but I guess I guess that could change and he could light the world on fire this year but at this point I think he's just hoping that he gets the opportunity to play at the next level uh depending on how Rattler does I hope real USC goes eight and four this texter says uh seems like the camo sooner says it feels like the South Carolina fans are feeling a little bit cocky about this upcoming season don't um, Jimmy from BA says when, <laughs> oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> Jimmy from BA says, 
Hey, when Plank blocks a texter, does that block them from all shows? Understand this, people. There are some of you that Plank has blocked. There is... I think I've blocked one in my time. I don't block on the text line a whole lot. There was one that was really inappropriate and then came after my family and my kid and stuff. I blocked him. Um, a lot of times, understand this. Plank will yell at you. He's blocking you. And he's not blocking you. Plank's just having fun on the air. Likes to yell at you and get after you a little bit. And then he never really blocks you. So Jimmy and BA, you are not blocked from Plank's show unless he just doesn't read your text. You show up on the text line, just like you showed up on my text line. He did not block you if he told you that. Um, so you're all right, Jimmy. Coy uh, says, I listen to the app every day, and I live right here in Norman. Thank you, Coy. Uh, this says, scroll up, big head, scroll up. Uh, good morning. I was at Great American Ballpark the day they drafted, introduced India, clean cut, all American kid. He has got, okay. He has gotten a big head, needs a wake up call, not playing well, uh, too interested in the, uh, capes and Vikings helmets. Get to the basics kid. That's from Colonel Sooner. Okay. Now that makes sense. Gotcha. Colonel Sooner. Uh, and that happens. Some guys come up, they catch fire like that, they have a hot rookie season, and uh, they do get a little full of themselves. And, and we just mentioned Spencer and how he was when he first came in. So um, the problem with guys like that, you can be a rookie of the year, but when you're in a franchise that has been down the way that the Reds have been in and that have been building a farm system, you got to know – if they've done things right in building that farm system, there's a lot of dudes coming in behind you that are looking to take your spot. So you better be ready to compete, even if you've had a successful rookie season or you've come in there and played fairly nicely and established yourself for a season or two. There are big-time prospects sitting behind you. If they've done things right, and Cincinnati appears that they have. They've made a massive jump this season. They still have a good farm system. And and things are still going well for them. So you got to be ready for that. This isn't a situation where you may have a weak farm system. You come in, you perform great as a rookie, and you don't have to worry about somebody for a few years coming in behind you and taking your job. You've established yourself. Situations like that are a little bit different, in my opinion. Frat Bro Mark says, Getting on a plane in DFW, listening on the app. Thank you, Mark. Man, a lot of you. Letting us know. I'm listening from Iowa on the app. Rhino and BA got the app. Like the nostalgia of listening to you guys on the AM too. Thank you. I live in Georgetown, Texas. Listen on the app every day in my car. Boomer. Out here listening on the KREF. Rewiring a 7-Eleven gas dispenser. Zane Hamilton from Prague. Look at that. He's got a picture here. He's got the gas pump taken apart. He is doing much more difficult work than what we're doing right now. Just uh, flapping our gums here on the radio. I have no idea what you're doing there with the front of the gas pump taken off like that. It looks very difficult. You're out in the elements. And yet Zane is still listening to us on the app. So thank you for that. Be sure to get the KREF app. This texture from the 918 says, I am pulling for Beamer and Rattler. Um, Langston Moore has seemed pretty confident that what Beamer is selling is longevity. I'm going to be around, buy into me, 
Let's take this thing in a different direction. I'm kind of curious about whether that would be true or not. If he has a 9-4 and four season, maybe even better. Uh, I think with that schedule, I would say 9-4 and four is the ceiling for him. If he has a 9-4 and four season and some bigger jobs come open and he's going to be a hot name out there. I mean, I think he already is. Would he choose to stay at South Carolina rather than take one of these bigger jobs that may come open? I, I would be curious to see what would happen there because I do think a lot of people would be coming and knocking on his door. I think they may not even have that have to go 9-4, and four, and that may be the situation with uh, Shane Beaner. Uh, best of luck to Spencer. OU fans screwed him, and it was embarrassing. It got embarrassing. I don't know if they screwed him. I mean, Caleb Williams came in and played at an elite level and did it from the Texas game on and did some amazing things. Single-handedly kind of took over games at the end and, and won them in Kansas. And everything that he's done and, and even what he's proven at USC last year, I think Spencer just got beat out. Now, the embarrassing part, you're probably right. But I don't know if they screwed him. I don't know if... You know, Lincoln, Bob, Brent, whoever the coach is, gives in to a fan base just because they may be chanting for a kid or not. I think Spencer kind of put himself in that situation by play on the field, turning the ball over way too much, and and Caleb took advantage of it. So, um, Let's see here. The video of Spencer Rattler bullying teammates in high school was a very telling of his character. Hope he is more humble now. I think he is. I think he would probably tell you that he is and probably tell you that he's a much different person than he was several years ago when that was filmed. I mean, because that's been, that's been many years now from when it was filmed to when it was produced, put out, and where he's at now at South Carolina. So I think that would be the case. And thank you from Arkansas listening out uh, by Fort Smith. We appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a timeout. One more segment this hour. Chris Plank will join us for the crossover. That is coming up next. Toby is off to play golf in the 116-degree weather, according to the in-studio thermometer here. I think that is 100% accurate. So we'll take a timeout. Crossover coming up next. T-Row in the Morning Show back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with The Crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. He's belled on us once again, people. Oh. Toby uh-oh. is out. Uh-oh. What happened? He's playing in some fancy golf tournament with Noble McIntyre. Oh, so he had to leave at eight thirty. Oh, I didn't even realize this. So yeah, <laughs> I was uh, someone on Highway Nine. There is I don't want to blow anyone's spot or anything, but there is a certain section on Highway Nine yeah. where I think one of Norman's finest has one of the greatest spots to pull <laughs> someone over, but it's headed in the opposite direction than what I was going. But yet everybody that was going in the direction I was going, TJ, has to do what when they see this cop? They slam on their brakes. Slam on yeah. their brakes. You know, it's, it's okay to go about five or six over. 
So that way, when you see a cop, you don't have to be getting down from like 30 over. Just do what I do, people. Just wave. Wave. Right. You probably That's know what I do in Norman. Hey, it's me doing 75 through here. Where are they playing today? Do you know? Uh, the Jimmy, I believe. I think he was heading over to Jimmy. Man, Tiro is hitting the over on golf rounds at the Jimmy so far this year. I'm not going to lie. I'm very envious right now. Yeah, he called our text yesterday like, hey, well, unfortunately, I, I was just told I have to go play in this golf tournament tomorrow. Have to. <laughs> to Bell at 830. Is that all right? He played like it was like, oh, like, ah, oh, this wasn't my idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I wanted to, uh, well, I, since he's not here, I can tell you this, and I owe you this apology as well. Uh, hearing you guys talk about your teams yesterday, I – it was very depressing. I tuned in last night. Uh, when I tuned into the Reds game, it was 2-1 to one Cincinnati. Yes. And, I mean, literally, TJ, the very first batter up hit the game-tying home run. <laughs> when I tuned it in, I was like, well, this isn't – because the Dodgers played a little later last night. So I was like, oh, this isn't going to end well. And then, obviously, you know, the slugfest you all had last night. So, yeah, yeah good uh, – That was a back and forth, and they, they got us in the end. Do you uh, – how are where is your vibes? Where is TJ's gut on the Houston Astros right? Or excuse me, on the uh, Texas Rangers right now? You got to feel good, right? Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm yes. Although the last week has not been good, even though they're seven and three out of the break, something like that, six and uh, three. Mm-hmm. They've, they've played well out of the All Star break, but Corey Seager's now hurt again. Saw with, that uh, sliding head first, injury. right? Adolis Garcia suddenly gets hit in the arm and. He can't grip a bat properly. John Gray came back and pitched last night, but he was kind of questionable because he got a ball like shot off of his leg last week. And they skipped Nathan Avaldi's start last night that was supposedly just for rest. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's just rest your best pitcher against your division rival who's gaining ground on you. So I'm a little concerned about, you know, you get into July and August and guys start getting beat up and mm-hmm. it, it can affect your season some. So I am a uh, big time bought in on this season, though, to where every inning, every pitch is just gut riching for me. So I'm, that's where I'm at with it. Well, I uh, it's fun because we haven't been able to have these types of conversations in. What, a minute or yeah, two? It's been six or seven years yeah. the Rangers have been any good or in contention with anything. Yeah. Last night, too, I found myself watching a lot of baseball because, I mean, we're fighting about running backs, I mean, literally all night long on ESPN every, or anywhere else. Every day. Every day on my drive into work. <laughs> no offense to the network you do work I, for. It's, it's all running backs. It is the 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. before I come on. It is nothing but running back talk. And I'm like, how many different ways can we discuss this yeah. every day for the last three weeks? I mean, it's gone to the point where there's people that devalue the importance of, of the players that play running back, the position. Now it's, oh my gosh, you know, kids used to grow up wanting to be a running back now they want to be everything but a running back your thoughts on that I mean is this TJ is this not paying running backs ruining youth football right now 405 <laughs> I mean literally every angle and, and I'm sitting here through all this conversation through the the zoom they had a zoom meeting and what's the ESPN breaking news this morning Saquon Barkley agrees to one year deal with the New York Giants yeah, it's, yeah. That's what his deal was. It was the the franchise tag. What are we even doing right now? It is weird how they are thought of now, Especially for our generation, right? Right, yeah, because we're used to those guys banking and being uh, the catalyst of everything. Like, man, you got to have a good run game. And now it's just like, all right, well, you don't want to – 
you know, play for this many million. We'll just go draft this guy, and he'll just fill in your spot and probably play at an equal level, which isn't the case with Saquon and some of these guys, but Derrick Henry especially. But sure. It's, it is weird how it is thought of right now and how it's valued. It's it's And it's all anyone can talk about right now because those national networks that kind of consume a majority of the content in the platforms – they don't care about the storylines leading into the college football season. They just care if someone says that Nick Saban is fighting for his legacy or if someone gets hurt, right? NFL-wise, so, they've got to talk about it. And I don't know, if, know about you, TJ, but I don't really know of any just crazy camp storylines. Right? We, we all know the Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is showing up, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's the storyline. He's right. there. Exactly. So, it's it's yeah. if someone gets There's no quarterback battles outside of Tampa, and no one thinks Tampa's going to be any good if, if, right. if Baker or Trask win it. I guess they're trying to make one with the Colts camp. Um, I think I'm about battle. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, with Richardson yeah. and who is it? Gardner uh, Minshew, Minshew that's battling there. Yeah, so. But, no, you're right. You're right. And uh, every day it's like, uh, hey – this running back said this to this right. running back, and yeah. now this running back's getting on a Zoom call with all these running backs, <laughs> and now these running backs are saying this, and they came out of the Zoom call and said, ah, we didn't figure yeah. anything out either. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. really know how to, what to do except to gripe. So <laughs> so uh, coming up in exactly five minutes from now, let's talk some running backs, shall we? <laughs> right, you do that. <laughs> all right. Have a good day, I Teach. Appreciate it, Plank. That's Plank. He's coming up next with Josh. The Plank Show's coming up next. Toby is off golfing. He'll be back tomorrow in his regular slot. Appreciate all the tech and calls today. Team number 24 today with South Carolina. Team 23 coming up tomorrow on the T-Row in the Morning Show. Top 25 countdown brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Have a great day, everybody.